Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program presented by Nidal Ayyubi. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Welcome back my dear brothers and sisters to our series Aqeedah Lessons from Hajj. And this is lesson number two in which we will discuss some of the numerous benefits of Hajj. In our previous lesson, we discussed the virtues of Hajj and its lofty rank and status in Islam. As we know, my dear brothers and sisters, it is amongst the best and noblest acts of worship, one of the greatest means of drawing near to Allah and one of the firm pillars and solid foundations upon which Islam is built. We also discussed and mentioned the many innumerable worldly and religious benefits of Hajj. About which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran in Surah Al Hajj, Surah 22, from Ayat 27 to 29. And proclaim to mankind. They will come to you on foot and on every lane camel, and they will come from every deep and distant mountain pass. So that they may witness things of benefit to them and mention the name of Allah on appointed days over the beast of cattle which he has provided for them. Therefore eat of them and feed the unfortunate and poor. Then let them end their untidiness and fulfill their vows and perform tawaf around the ancient house. Therefore Hajj is filled with great benefits, both religious and worldly. In the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ So that they may witness things of benefit to them. The initial letter, Lam, the Lam when we say, لِيَشْهَدُوا This Lam is called Lam al-Ta'lil, which is used to explain the reason behind something. And it is linked to his saying, and proclaim to mankind, they will come to you. Meaning, if you proclaim hash to them, they come walking and riding in order to be present and reap these benefits. In addition, the word manafi' is plural, jama' and indefinite, nakira. This conveys the meaning that there exist specific benefits, religious and worldly, in hajj which cannot be found combined in any other act of worship. In explaining so that they may witness things of benefit to them, Ibn Abi Hatim reported in his tafsir that Ibn Abbas said benefit pertaining both to this world and the hereafter. As for the benefit of the hereafter, it is the pleasure of Allah. And as for the benefit of this world, it is the meat obtained from the sacrificial animals on that day, as well as engaging in trade and commerce. Abdul Razak reported that Muhajid said, so that they may witness things of benefit to them, 
refers to trade and all things of this world and the hereafter which please Allah. Imam al-Tabari reported in his tafsir that Muhajid said, rahimuhullah, that so they may witness things of benefit to them means reward in the hereafter and trade in this world. Hence, my dear brothers and sisters, the benefits attained by those performing hajj at the sanctified house of Allah are quite numerous and diverse. There are religious advantages, such as the venerable acts of worship and obedience which are not found elsewhere, and there are also worldly advantages, such as earnings and profit. As mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the verses about Hajj in Surah Al-Baqarah, where he says, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ أَن تَبْتَغُوا فَضْلًا مِّن رَبِّكُمْ There is no harm in you in seeking bounty from your Lord during Hajj. Abu Dawood and others reported that Ibn Abbas an said, they used to refrain from trade and commerce during the Hajj season, saying that there were days of engaging in the remembrance of Allah. Fas Allah revealed, there is no harm in you seeking bounty from your Lord. It was also reported from Ibn Abbas an that the verse meant, there is no harm if you buy and sell, neither before ihram nor afterwards. Sheikh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti he stated, the scholars of tafsir have agreed that the meaning of his saying, there is no harm in you seeking bounty from your Lord, is that it is not sinful or objectionable for someone performing hajj to seek profit from trade during the days of hajj, provided that doing so does not interfere with him fulfilling any of the rights, meaning the rights of hajj. Also, my dear brothers and sisters, among the worldly benefits for those performing hajj, is what they obtain from the sacrificial animals. As he subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَكُمْ فِيهَا مَنَافِعُ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى ثُمَّ مَحِلُّهَا إِلَىٰ الْبَيْتِ الْعَطِيقِ In them are benefits for you for an appointed time, then they are brought for sacrifice to the ancient protected house. However, the religious benefits acquired from Hajj are incomparable to these worldly gains. There are remarkable and generous rewards, forgiveness and pardoning of sins, as well as innumerable other religious benefits reaped from Hajj, provided that one continuously observes taqwa of Allah by fulfilling his commands and refraining from his prohibitions. What could be better, my dear brothers and sisters, and what profit greater than a person performing hajj and coming away from it sinless, just as the day his mother gave birth to him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَن تَعَجَّلَ فِي يَوْمَيْنِ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ وَمَن تَأَخَّرَ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ لِمَنِ اتَّقَاهِ Then whoever hastens in two days, there is no sin upon him, and whoever delays, there is no sin upon him. This is for the one who observes taqwa, who is conscious and fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My dear brothers and sisters, Imam al-Tabari, after listing the scholarly explanations of this ayah in his tafsir, he supported the view that the meaning of this ayah is, Therefore, whoever hastens in two days out of the three days at Mina, leaving on the second day, there is no sin upon him. This is because Allah has pardoned his sins if he observed taqwa throughout his hajj, by avoiding what Allah ordered him to avoid, carrying out all that Allah has ordered him to do, and obeying Allah by performing hajj within those bounds. As for whoever delayed until the third day, there is no sin upon him, since Allah has forgiven his prior sins and misdeeds, provided that he observed taqwa of Allah during hajj by completing it within the bounds set by Allah. 
Imam Tabari rahimahullah then noted that there are a multitude or many narrations from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam supporting this understanding including the hadith we mentioned in our previous lesson Man hajja hadha al-bayt wa lam yarfuth wa lam yafsuk kharaja min dhunubihi ka yawmi waladathu ummuh Whoever performs hajj at this house detesting from speaking indecently refraining from marital relations and not acting wrongly shall return absolved from his sins or shall return free from his sins just as the day his mother gave birth to him and also the narration al-hajjul mabrur laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-jannah there is no reward for the accepted hajj other than jannah and also the narration tabi'u bayna al-hajj wal-umrah fa innahuma yanfiyan al-faqra wal-dhunuba kama yanfi al-kiru khabath al-hadid regularly perform Hajj and Umrah and follow one with the other for the two of them eliminate poverty and sins just as the blacksmith's bellows eliminate the impurities of iron. These narrations my dear brothers and sisters show that whoever performs Hajj according to the limits prescribed by Allah would come away absolved from his sins. In other words he will have his sins forgiven as he subhanahu wa ta'ala has said there is no sin upon him this is for the one who observes taqwa by fulfilling the commands of Allah and avoiding his prohibitions during Hajj this is undeniably an immense virtue which the sincere believing souls earnestly desire to attain an individual returns to his homeland after completing Hajj forgiven pure and unblemished as the day his mother bore him as the day his mother gave birth to him and having no sin or fault provided he observed taqwa of his lord during hajj in fact our lord subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his boundless generosity and kindness boasts to the angels about his servants who have come to perform hajj at his sanctified house when they all stand on the plains of arafah he says subhanahu wa ta'ala unzuru ila ibadi أتوني شعثا غبرا ضاحين من كل فج عميق أشهدكم أني قد غفرت لهم Look at my servants, they have come to me unkept, dusty and exposed to the heat of the sun from every deep valley and distant mountain pass bear witness that I have forgiven them Now this hadith my dear brothers and sisters is collected by Ibn Khuzayma in his Sahih and it was graded da'if by Sheikh al-Albani. However, the first part of the hadith up to the word dusty has supporting narrations from Abdullah ibn Amr collected by Ahmad and from Abu Hurairah also collected by Ahmad and al-Hakim and others. Wallahu a'lam. Now my dear brothers and sisters, to conclude this lesson, all this makes it clear that one returns from Hajj with the greatest gain and profit possible, his sins forgiven by his Lord. Thus he begins a virtuous new life filled with iman and taqwa, brimming with goodness and steadfastness and continuous obedience to Allah. However, earning this reward is conditional. As previously mentioned, upon completing hajj in a correct manner with sincerity and heartfelt repentance, as well as avoiding anything that would detract from it, such as indecent speech, marital relations and acting wrongly. If a person fulfills these conditions, all that came before his hajj would be wiped away and he shall come away from it in a most amazing state, sinless, just as the day his mother gave birth to him. And with that, my dear brothers and sisters, we conclude our second lesson. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.